Podskinators, welcome to the splendid Pod Sound School, where we are obsessed with podcasting and especially helping you to get better at producing yours. Today we're talking about microphone technique, but before I introduce you to your attractive, muscular, audio doctor, Studio Steve, remember, change is the end result of all true learning. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Pod Sound School. I'm Studio Steve, and today we're going to be talking about microphone technique. This is a very important, overlooked, misunderstood, and really very important part of getting good results out of your podcast. So we're going to break it down into four different areas. The first one is going to be choosing the right microphone, staying in the sweet spot, number two. Number three is getting good levels, and number four is treating your room. These all seem pretty basic, but you'd be surprised how many people misuse a lot of very common microphone techniques and how just with a couple quick fixes, a couple quick checks on your own situation, how you can vastly improve your podcast recordings. So the first one up is choosing the right microphone. Choosing the right microphone really comes down to, first off, knowing the difference between a condenser and a dynamic microphone. The condenser microphone is typically used in recording studios. And the reason for that is it's very sensitive. It has a technology that uses power to power the microphone. So it picks up a more real-to-life sound. It's faster, as they say. And for that reason, it also picks up a lot more of the environment that you're in. So that's why you will mostly see it used in recording studios because it performs very well in sound-controlled environments. And a dynamic microphone is what you, the first thing I think about when I think of a dynamic microphone is your stage microphone or like an SM58 that you see singers using on stage. Dynamic microphones actually don't require power. They work off of magnets inside of the microphone and they're a lot less sensitive. They're very durable they're rugged. And also they don't pick up as much of the surrounding areas. This makes them ideal for noisy environments or for rooms that aren't sound controlled. So this is where this one thing right here is commonly where a lot of podcasters will choose the wrong microphone. The Blue Yeti, for example, is a condenser microphone. The Blue Snowball is also a condenser microphone, which means it has a larger diaphragm, it has power that runs to it from the USB port, and it picks up a lot more of the room. So if you're in a room that is not sound treated, then the Blue Yeti isn't going to be the best choice for you. And I would say most of the time, independent podcasters are not recording in sound-treated rooms or in sound-controlled environments. So most of the time, as an independent podcaster, you are going to want to choose a dynamic microphone over a condenser microphone. Okay, so we cover choosing the right microphone, and that's a dynamic or a condenser. There's a lot of recommendations I have for each, depending on your budget, Um, And we have an episode about that. We have one episode that we've done that's all about podcasting on the cheap and how you can podcast for $100. Um, We also have a microphones episode as well. But just to mention it in this episode, I would recommend if you're in the $400 or the $500 region for a microphone, the Electrovoice RE20 is awesome. And I especially really love the Shure SM7B is a really good dynamic microphone that'll perform well 
in noisy environments and in rooms that aren't necessarily soundproof or sound treated. And then also on the cheaper end, on the USB microphone end, instead of going for a Blue Yeti, which is like $150, you can go for like a $60 microphone and get the Audio-Technica ATR2100. That's a really cool dynamic microphone that I highly recommend for podcasting. So now let's talk about number two on the list, which is staying in the sweet spot. Every microphone is built a little bit differently. They're all different, but they all essentially have an input or they have either a capsule or a diaphragm that has a front end where the sound will enter into. Directly in front of that capsule is this thing I call the sweet spot. And this is where you want to keep your your mouth and your voice directing into the input of the microphone at all times. So it's important to know where the input of your microphone is at. Back to the Blue Yeti again, the Blue Yeti has a common shape to it that almost looks like a stage mic. So many people will speak into the top of the Blue Yeti and that actually isn't where the capsule is at. The capsule of the Blue Yeti is on the front of the microphone. So you'll want to be speaking right into the front of the microphone when you're using the Blue Yeti. Then you want to train yourself to not sway back and forth with the microphone, to not back up too much with the microphone, but to stay right in the sweet spot of the microphone. Now, there are many different techniques that people use for this. There's a lot of singers and vocalists that will do like a three-finger, four-finger distance from the microphone by holding up their fingers. I like to use a pop filter to direct where my mouth should be. And you always want to use a pop filter regardless. That helps with plosives and the harsh P noises that come out of our mouths. And you want to just get right nice up on the microphone. This helps because it creates, sometimes it creates a really nice proximity effect. And the proximity effect when you're really close to the microphone can add this unnatural bass that isn't actually present in your voice. And it gives you that like classic Howard Stern radio. Hello, welcome to another episode of my amazing podcast voice. You know, when you're up really nice and close on the microphone. And also one thing it tremendously helps with to stay in the sweet spot and really up really close to the microphone is it helps with something called noise to signal ratio. That just means that there's more actual signal or there's more of your actual voice going into the microphone then there is noise. If you step back from the microphone and you're at more of a distance from the microphone, the microphone, there's going to be more of the room sound, more of the buzzy noises that come from your laptop computer, for example, or refrigerator or the fluorescent lights. There's going to be more space for that noise to fit in and get picked up by the microphone. Okay, why don't we move on to number three. Getting a good level. So this is a huge part of good microphone technique. It's a huge part. And getting a good level, it goes pretty deep as far as bit depth, bit rate, and uh, sample rate is concerned and things like that. Uh, But you don't really need to understand the sample rate or anything. You just need to know to always have a really hot level. If you're using a USB microphone, the preamp is actually built into the microphone. And sometimes, like in the case of this Blue Yeti, it actually has a preamp with a gain knob on the microphone itself. So it's kind of a combo unit when you use a USB microphone. It's got a preamp, a microphone, and an audio interface all built into one. But if you're using a standalone microphone, like a condenser or a dynamic standalone microphone, then you will run a cable from that microphone into an audio interface and those audio interfaces will have a preamp. And it's from that audio interface that you adjust the gain. And then you look in your computer or your digital audio workstation and you see the levels 
of that gain happening. And the idea of getting a good level to tape is to have the gain be as high as possible, as close to red as you can. I like to call it staying in the orange red. You know, if the whole spectrum of audio there is from one to 10, you want to try to get your voice to stay up an eight, nine, as much as possible without ever distorting. So when I am getting a mic level on other people, whether it be an instrument or a voice, I will often ask them to get as loud as they anticipate getting. So be as loud as you think you're going to get. Uh, I'll have them let out a big laugh or even let out a little bit of a yell or talk really loud, like more loud than they would usually talk. And that's where I'll adjust the volume to. And that will usually give you enough headroom to where you won't get distortion, but you get a nice fat audio level as well. So that that's really important because actually the higher level you get, the more you take advantage of all of the bits. So the 24 bits, the 16 bits, whatever you're recording in, you're not going to take full advantage of those 24 bits unless you record a nice hot level and stay in that orange red. Okay, and now from getting a good level, let's move on to... Number four, treating your room. So when it comes to microphone technique, it's very important to take a look at the room you're recording in. This is also something that people might not think about at first when they're talking about microphone technique. What kind of room are you recording in? Is it the living room? Is it your bedroom? Is it a bathroom? Are the walls very reflectant? Is it reverberated? Is there an echo in the room? Are you recording right next to a refrigerator, noisy fluorescent lights? What you wanna do is try to find the most cost-effective ways to reduce the noise in your room and even DIY ways that you could treat the noise in your room. One of my favorite ways in almost any environment a quick fix and not all that expensive are curtains. You can hang up some cheap curtain rods and pick out some curtains and put them on any of your bare walls and that will kill off a lot of reflection. You can also put curtains over your door, hang up a curtain that goes over your door and get some really nice thick thermal style curtains and they will hang over your door and that will help a lot of the sound from outside the room you're recording in from getting in. There's a tremendous amount of different DIY options and solutions you can do, ranging from very inexpensive to very expensive, and ranging from not very pretty on the eyes to very attractive on the eyes as far as the interior design is concerned. But it's very important to record in a good room. It's important because your microphone doesn't just pick up your voice. Even a dynamic microphone that performs well in high noise situations will also pick up the room quite a bit. And Lastly, when you're thinking about the room that you're recording in, one thing to think about is where is your microphone pointing? Obviously, the microphone is pointing right at your mouth, but what happens if you move your head, for example? And that that will give if you move your head out of the way, where is your microphone pointing? Is the microphone pointing toward your noisy computer? Is it pointing toward the noisy refrigerator? Is it pointing toward the most reflective wall in the room? If it is, try experimenting with different positions that you could set your microphone up in in the room you're recording in and you can immediately get better sounds just based off of where you sit in the room. Use some curtains, throw some absorbing materials on your walls and then even get onto Amazon and you can find some surprisingly inexpensive acoustic panels that you can get. I especially would would very much recommend bass traps. Bass traps go up into the corners of either your walls or where the ceiling meets your walls 
uh, anywhere there's 90 degree angles, there's this high probability for these bass traps happening, which is where the bass frequencies and just different hums and different noises can sort of get trapped there in the 90 degree angles in the corners and they, the volume of those actually get amplified. And that, that basically wraps it up with microphone technique. So let's review with microphone technique. The first thing you want to do is choose the right microphone for your environment. Most of the time, this is going to be a dynamic microphone. If you have a sound-controlled room, and when I say sound-controlled room, I don't necessarily mean soundproof. It just needs to be sound-treated. You can get away with using a condenser microphone, and you can get really good results. And if that's the case, I would always choose a condenser microphone over a dynamic microphone if I'm in a good sound-controlled room, because it's going to create more of a natural sound out of your voice. You're going to hear a lot more of the high frequencies. It's going to just sound more responsive and more professional. Then use the microphone correctly. Put it on a nice stand, hook up a pop filter to it, and speak very closely to the microphone. And train yourself not to sway back and forth. Train yourself to stay in the sweet spot. One thing that can help with this is to wear headphones while you're recording you can actually hear the difference in your voice when you move left and right and move out of the sweet spot. You'll hear the frequency change when you do so. So that can kind of help you subconsciously train yourself to stay in the sweet spot. Third, get good level to tape. Make sure that those meters stay in the red-orange. Get them as hot as you can without it distorting. Let out a laugh, let out a scream, and adjust your level accordingly so that you can get those levels as hot as you possibly can without distorting. And then finally, check that you have a nice clean room. All that's in order. You'll find yourself getting some really tasty podcast vocals. And that about does it for today's episode on microphone technique. It's a short and sweet episode, and this week over in our Facebook group, Podcasting for Bosses, we're going to go over microphone technique as well. So if you haven't joined our Facebook group yet, definitely stop over there. It's going to be a fun. We always do a Thursday live over there uh, exclusive for our group members. And also we'll be putting out the schedule this month for our pod audits that we do. Podcasters will volunteer their shows for us to pick apart and audit live in our Facebook group. So that's a lot of fun. And if you want to be considered for us to audit your podcast, let us know here on Twitter. You can hit me up, send me a DM, or you can slide into Veronica's DMs over on our Instagram page at Pod Sound School. Also, I'd love to tell you about our Overachievers Club that we have at Patreon. If you're a fan of Pod Sound School, if you've been tuning in every week, uh, checking out our YouTube videos or listening to our podcast, come give us some love, come show us support and help us to continue to provide free content for all types of podcasters and come see what we've got going over there at patreon.com slash podsoundschool and uh, share some love with us. Also make sure to check out our YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. So much fun administrative stuff. We have a great podsoundschool holes that you can fall down for hours on end and really take your podcasting up a notch. And that's what we hope to do for you here. And with that, I think that about does it for today's episode. So thanks a bunch for tuning in today and happy casting, people. Welcome to valuable learning experiences. <laughs> Interesting work for which learners see a purpose. Provide its own discipline. <laughs> <laughs>